Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is Wednesday, January the 20th, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about what it means to walk with God through something that you can't understand and are struggling to accept. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, wow, lots of things happening today, obviously. And I I decided, you know, we, we thought about this a lot. What are we going to focus on on the 20th? What is it that, that uh, I can do to be an encouragement in my little corner of the internet over here? And I've been thinking a lot about this, focusing on endurance and just thinking about what God has for us and has for his church. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I thought it was interesting that the Bible says not to get tired in doing what's good because you know what? It's exhausting. Anybody been raising children for more than five minutes? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's exhausting. Homeschooling, the things that you're doing, marriage, working on it, you know, hanging in there with each other. These things can be exhausting, but the Bible says don't get tired. Why? Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And, you know, you guys have walked through this Rona thing with me now for a while, and you've heard me say that I was discouraged. I was very discouraged when uh, my speaking season was canceled when I realized, oh my goodness, I'm going to, I'm going to start to, you know, we're going to be broke. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, I had moments of just panic, moments of despair and sadness, I think, and sorrow. I think all those things are are pretty, pretty normal when we're walking through things that are difficult. But the Bible has a lot to say about what it is that God wants us to do. And I think in times of struggle, in times of stress, uh, God wants us to hang in there, right? Hebrews 12, one to three, let us run with what? Endurance, the race that God has set before us. Remember we talked about this yesterday, Esther born for this time. It requires endurance. It requires patience, not growing weary and doing what is good. It says, let us run with endurance, the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. I think that's kind of the main thing is, as I've been, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? What what do you want the St. John's to be doing right now? And I think there's a couple of things that can happen when we feel, you know, someone said to me the other day, well, I will never accept, you know, Joe Biden is not my president. Well, hate to break it to you guys, <laughs> but you're never going to hear me say that Joe Biden is not my president. Hey, I think that's a foolish, stupid thing to say. Okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, do I think he's, he got there illegitimately? Yes. Do I think there was cheating? Absolutely. Is he my president? Unfortunately, He's the president of the United States. And because I live here, he is the president of the United States. He's not Heidi St. John's president. He's the president of the United States. And I think sometimes we look at this and I, I've hear, I'm hearing all of you asking me and I'm looking at my you know, mailbox Monday is just full of questions. What do we do now? Where do we go from here? We, we continue doing what God asked us to do before. 
And part of what we're learning right now is to submit to God. And that means learning to trust him and follow him, even though we don't think that his ways make sense. And we might think that it doesn't make sense. Have you guys ever prayed for something and have it not happen? I have lots of, I mean, this is, this is a big one, but it's not the biggest thing that I've ever prayed for that, that didn't happen. And I just want to encourage you, don't disengage. You guys have maybe heard the line that says, um, how do you eat an elephant? Well, the answer, of course, is simple one bite at a time, right? And I think sometimes the elephant is an overwhelming sense of why did we even try? This is certainly how we felt in in Washington State when referendum ninety, all the work that we that we did to uh, keep that from passing, and it went ahead and it passed anyway. And now the children in Washington State are going to be absolutely inundated with godless, wicked instruction. And I wept over that. I wept over it. And I think sometimes you know we, we're looking around us and we're like, how did we how did we get here? Well, we got here. Because we have had a lack of true uh, Christians, a lack of people who are actually reading the word for themselves, studying to show themselves, approved workmen who don't need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of God. We have a, a, tr- a tremendous lack of that in the church today. And instead, we've got celebrity pastors and celebrity bloggers and, uh, you know, uh, home and garden television shows telling us how to walk with, with the Lord. And so we get discouraged because we're like, well, why are we even trying? And I think weariness can set in and we might be tempted to lose our interest or even disengage. But listen, can I encourage you guys today? Don't do it. Don't give in. Endure. Persevere. The Lord is your help and your children and this nation and where God has placed you right now, just like Esther, is worth every ounce of energy that you put into it. The Bible encourages us that if we persist, if we don't grow weary and give up, if we run the race that's been set before us with endurance, if we plant and tend to our fields in due season, we will reap a harvest. That's how we walk out all that God has for us, with endurance and perseverance. So don't give up. Don't quit. God is faithful. I was reading in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1 this morning, and it said, We proudly tell other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and sufferings and hardships you are enduring. I do think that there are hard and maybe even dark days ahead for the church. I think it's very possible that you're going to start to see Christians deplatform, especially Christians like me who hold fast to the truth of God's word. But it doesn't change the truth of God's word. Even if even if we get deplatformed, even if they say sorry, you know, you can you, you know, you're not welcome here. I think some of the ways that we respond to struggle and when we realize, oh my goodness, I feel overwhelmed by this. I can't change it. I know a lot of you are feeling that way. I can't change this. What does even matter? And so I think sometimes we respond because by stopping, we just stop praying. We just disengage completely. Sometimes we doubt if prayer is working. That's the adversary. Sometimes we start to get despondent and we go, well, God doesn't care. God's sort of agnostic in this whole thing. God's anything but agnostic about the suffering of human beings. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You are loved, men and women. You are loved. You guys remember we talked about this yesterday. Jesus uh, 
in the Garden of Gethsemane crying out to the Lord, doesn't want to go to the cross. And in Matthew 26, the Bible records that Jesus fell on his face. He was so distressed that he was sweating blood, crying out to the Lord, Father, if there's any way, any other way, please get me out of this. But in the end, what did he say? Not what I want, Lord, but what do you want? Not my will, Lord, but what do you want? Do you guys ever think about the fact that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross? God asked him to do something he didn't want to do. He knew it would be painful. He knew it would be difficult. And he said, not my will, but yours be done. And that is a place for us that we can rest in faith and rest in peace and know that God is with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Prayer has the power, you guys, to change the way that you see what's happening around you. Submitting to God in every area of your life is going to require you to get on your knees and have an honest conversation with God. And actually, it's okay. It's okay to be real with the Lord. It's okay to say, you know what, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't like this. It's okay to say, I'm scared. But it's not okay to quit. And it's not okay to to start to believe the lies of the adversary or to believe the lies of other people through which the adversary is speaking. Truth comes, we know, from the word of God. It's always found there. And we know that we can, we can trust it in times of suffering and, and, and in times of discouragement. And I'm thinking, what would happen, you guys, if in, you know, what are we in, 2021 right now? In 2023, there's going to be a brand new crop of people going into the House of Representatives. What would happen? If God's people started, started saying, you know what, I want to do more than just uh, go to my normal job and just do my normal thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if God would have me go out and, and risk something bigger off the bench and onto the battlefield because God has a plan and he's working it out. Hebrews chapter 12, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us. Why? So that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterward, there's a peaceful harvest of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. When we learn to say, not my will, but yours, we are going to be finding the better way. And recognizing that God's plans are always better than any plan that we can come up with. There are many, many, many times in my life, especially growing up, that I was like, Lord, why am I here? What did I do? Well, a lot. What did I do to deserve this? Uh, A lot. But when we learn to submit to God, we see that he's always working things together for our good. I hope this wakes up the church. I hope it wakes up the church. Maybe it's that our country needs to go through a a period of real darkness and real suffering for God's people to say, wow, the Bible really was, the Bible really is true. Maybe that's what it's going to take. Looking for purpose in what we're going through is the way of the cross. 
It's the way of the cross. He comforts us. Second Corinthians 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus. God is our merciful Father. He is the source of our comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You guys, mark my words, you're going to be looking around you here pretty quick and you're going to see a lot of people who need comfort. And as this goes on, you're going to see more and more and more people going, oh man, I thought this was, I thought this was the answer. Do you guys remember when we elected Barack Obama and it was because of hope and change? Everybody wanted hope and change. That didn't get us very far. Hope and change doesn't come from a president, doesn't come from a political party. It comes from the Lord of Heaven's armies. That's where it's found. That's where it originates. That's where hope is found. And the Bible says that we are to to turn to the Lord, to praise him in all circumstances, knowing that his heart toward us is good, and then leaning into the Holy Spirit for comfort. Why? So that we can comfort others. None of this is about us. We always think it's, oh, it's about me. No, it's about how you can love other people. It's about how we can share the gospel. It's about how we can say, hey, you know what? We did everything we could, some of us did everything that we could and it didn't go the way that we wanted. And so now we're like, okay, Lord, we've had a, we've had a moment to collect our thoughts. We've had a moment to pray. Now we've, some of us have cried. I've cried a lot. I mean, for goodness sake, I cried over the Rona. I cried over what the state of the church and the pastors that I'm watching who are so full of, of worldliness that they can't see the forest through the trees anymore. I've cried over the state of the church here in Washington state. I've cried over the state of my, uh, of my state. And the suffering, the human suffering that is all around us here. And I've had a moment to grieve and I've grieved with my husband. And now we're like, Lord, what do you want us to do? We're here for such a time as this. Lord, what is it? Show us how to serve you. That's the attitude of the children of God. That should always be our attitude. It doesn't mean that we have to like what's happening around us or even understand it. But we know that God has us here for such a time as this. There's a plan and a purpose and it's unfolding. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't be afraid. Fear is not from God. How many times you read in the Bible, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. For I, the Lord, am never going to leave you. I will never forsake you. He commands it. It's a command. So we can't stay in this place. How do you accept something that, that you know to be wrong? There's a difference between accepting something and saying, you know what, Lord, I don't like this. I don't understand this. But what I do accept is that you are in control. And I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to be an instrument of your peace and of your healing for as long as you give me breath. That's what I'm going to do. So what's Heidi St. John going to do uh, for the next four years? I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can, how, how do you want me? How do you want me to, to live my life? What do you want me to do? Then I'm going to listen. 
It doesn't mean that I say, hey, yeah, I think, you know, I think that Joe Biden won that election fair and square. I think almost anybody. I mean, I don't understand how you can look at it and not think that there was some sort of fraud. But boy, howdy, you guys, I've been saying this for a long time. The church has been asleep for a very long time. We're about to get a really rude awakening. And whenever God does, uh, whenever God works in times of suffering and in times of discipline, we always have an opportunity to look beyond ourselves and just say, well, Lord, search my heart. This is a good time, you guys. Get on our knees like David did. Search us, Lord. Try us. If there's anything in us that's not bringing you glory, show it to us now. Just passing through. Yesterday, we talked about Esther. And today, I'm just going to remind you again. As you're, as you're born for this, it's absolutely your responsibility right now to realize that whatever challenge you're facing, whatever struggle you're in, God wants to use it. And one of the main things we know from his word is that we can give others the hope and the comfort that they need to make it through because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. So start, start praying for, to meet somebody. Maybe you, you meet somebody at the grocery store. Maybe you, maybe you invite somebody to church. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to turn my attention from this constant 24-hour news cycle that we find ourselves in, and I'm going to say, Lord, make me effective right here where you've placed me. There's hope in it. There really is. God is at work. So how do you accept the things that you can't change? By saying, Lord, not my will, but yours. I read something on Crosswalk.com. I thought it was interesting. It's called Letting Go. It said, years ago, I read this poem at Scope Ministries. I've read it once, not twice, but hundreds of times. In its truest sense, to let go means to give up control, whether it concerns a relationship or a situation that you can't fix. And releasing all of your expectations and all of your speculations to God. Wow, this is a good place for Christians to be right now. Lord, we give it to you. We give it to you to accept what is and to release the results to God, serve as the catalyst for emotional freedom. To let go is not what you think. And this is what, this is the poem and she put it on here. I thought that's interesting. To let go is to admit powerlessness, which means the outcome is not in your hands. To let go is to be settled that I might never get what I want, but that God is more than enough. To let go doesn't mean to stop loving. It means I can't do it for someone else. To let go is to admit some things are out of my ability to repair. It is to disband the tiring belief that if I only do this or I only do that, something will change. To let go is not to sever the relationship, but to realize that my efforts to control only wear me out. Boy, that was good for me. Obviously, she's talking more about relationships here. Wow, we can see this, right? To let go is not to enable, but to allow learning from natural consequences. To let go is not to fix another, but to be an encourager. To let go is to allow the other person to be a human being, to fail where they need to fail. That's just my interpretation of what she said. To let go is not to deny the problem. And that's the truth. To let go is not to rehearse the past. 
To let go is not to experience inner turmoil, but to take on the mind of Christ. That inner rest that affords relaxation in the goose-down comfort of God. I'm going to encourage you guys today to just rest in the arms of the Lord. To let go is not to deny that there's a problem. It's not to... It's it's not to uh, sever your relationships with people that are around you. That's what's happening in the Rona, right? But to say, Lord, not my will, but yours. It's to cease striving. It's to cease striving. But striving just wears you out. So I'm not saying get 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 out of the fight. I'm saying stay in it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm saying don't get discouraged in doing good and know that what the Bible says is true. That in the right time, if you don't give up, you will reap a harvest of blessing. That's Galatians 6, 9. I'm going to say it one more time. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So don't give up, you guys. Stay in the fight. Run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Keep our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith and trust him. Okay. We can trust him. Speaking of trusting the Lord, uh, I spent quite a bit of time uh, in conversation with um, my staff the other day, Melissa in particular, going over my schedule. My schedule is now completely full through the end of June And that means that I will be on the road with my family. Jay and I are making some very, very big decisions right now. Uh, Meeting with our family, we would appreciate, actually, we would beg for your prayers uh, as we consider the things that God has put before us. What is it that God wants us to do? What is he, what does he not want us to do? These are, these are right. These are questions that we're all asking right now. Lord, what do you want for us right now? But right now uh, you guys can see my schedule at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. And uh, I will be going, traveling to Colorado Springs to be on Focus on the Family. I, I believe that will air, I don't know, probably around Mother's Day. I'm talking about uh, becoming mom strong and parenting and all, the, all those good things. But in the meantime, uh, we have, we've gotten a lot of requests to host Faith That Speaks conferences. If you have turned in and request us, you will be hearing from us. We're trying to fill in the holes on my calendar. I understand that a lot of these things that have been on my calendar for a while may still get canceled. This is the the nature of unfortunately where we are right now, but we're going to trust the Lord and our family will prayerfully be getting on the road and uh, coming to a city near you. We will, we are going to be all over the country. Uh, One of the conferences, I think it's Mache, M-A-C-H-E has actually been moved now to South Dakota. Good move. Good move on those guys' part. (laughs) And they're working there with the state organization. Uh, Pray for these, these conferences, you guys, a lot of people that I know who make a living like I do uh, out on the road and their living comes through selling books. You know, I keep hearing about people, our conference is going to go virtual. Virtual conferences are garbage for vendors. They do not work for people who need to make a living selling books. They just don't. I don't care how good the virtual conference is. And I think everybody's pretty tired of it. So I'm really praying that these people will find places that will let them open and that, that we can, um, 
that these families who, this is the way that they support their families can get back out on the road. So you guys can check out my schedule to see if I'm coming anywhere near you. I will be at almost all of the Teach Them Diligently's. Pray for those guys as well, um, as well as many state organizations. I'll be in Iowa, obviously doing Mache. I'm going to be in South Dakota. I'm going to be in California, in Texas, in Arkansas, in Virginia. I'm going to be all over the place. So pray for our family. We'll keep you guys posted as uh, as it gets a little bit closer so that everybody knows what we're doing, kind of where, where we're going to be. Uh, if you guys want to join me for the new Bible study, I have uh, have been writing, finished up. We're finishing up Revelation, which you can still get access to. Just if you go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the store, the past Bible studies are all there in the store, or you can join Mom Strong International and you can do the studies with us in real time. Uh, February study is called Walk This Way, Living a Rapture Ready Life. And I think you guys are going to love it. The book of Titus, absolutely relevant for what's happening in the culture right now. So again, that starts the first Monday of February. And as always, we thank you for your prayers and your financial support of this ministry. You, uh, We can never measure how thankful we are for you guys, for all of you who are listening and leaving reviews and encouraging us both financially and in your prayers. It has sustained us and will continue to do so. So trust the Lord, you guys. Turn your eyes on Jesus today. Turn off the news. Turn on the praise music. Gather your kids in close. Love your family well. Love the people around you well that God has put in your life and ask him. Some of you are in a different season of life right now. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to surrender my life to you. I'm going to give my life to you and I'm going to follow you wherever you lead. That is the job of a disciple. That's the job of a disciple and the Lord will be with you no matter what. So I'll see a lot of you guys out on the road this spring again. You guys can check out my schedule at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We sure love you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com. <laughs>